0: Chapter Fifteen, of the Sikh Religion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by O103. The Sikh Religion: Its Gurus, Sacred Writings, and Authors, by Max A. McLaughlin, Volume One, Chapter Fifteen after his sojourn with the sids the guru returned to the plains of punjab and travelled in a north-westerly direction until he reached hassan abdel then a great centre of muhammadan religious enthusiasm there abode on a small hillock a begotten and selfish priest known as baba wali of Kandhar. the guru and his minstrel needed water for their evening repast and it could only be obtained from the wali mardana told him that he and guru nanak had arrived and he advised him to see the guru who was a great saint of god baba wali who claimed exclusive holiness for himself became offended on hearing the guru's praises and refused to require water he said if mardana's master were such a holy man he ought to provide water for himself when this reply was communicated to the guru he sent Mardana back to the Wali, with the message that he himself was a very poor creature of God, and laid no claims to the character of a saint. The Wali paid no heed to this protestation, but persisted in his refusal to afford water to the guru and his minstrel. The guru was then compelled to bore a hole near where he had taken shelter, and a stream of water immediately issued forth. Upon this, The is well dried up, there being only a limited supply of water in the locality. The wali's rage naturally increased, and it is said that he hauled the hillock upon Guru Nanak's unoffending head. The guru, on seeing the descending volume of art, raised his right arm to protect himself. It is related that upon this the fall of the hillock was arrested. The impression of the palm of the guru's hand was left on the descending mass. Which is now known as Panja Sahib, and held in reverence by the Sikhs. After a brief residence in Hassan Abdel, the Guru proceeded to Gorakhatari, a quarter of the city of Peshawar, on the frontier of the Punjab, where there is an ancient temple of Gorakhnath. The jogis, having heard of his fame, were anxious to discover how he had acquired such moral and spiritual influence, and when the Guru was seated. Put him the questions contained in the first four verses of the following hymn. The Guru's replies follow. What callest thou the gate at which thou seest? Who can see the gate within it? Let someone come and describe to me that gate to attain which thou thus wander. How shall we cross the ocean? How shall we be dead when alive? Sorrow is the gate. Wrath the porter hope and anxiety its folding doors mammon is a moat domestic life its water man abideth by taking his seat on truth how many names hast thou o god their limit cannot be known there is none equal to thee man ought not to call himself exalted but dwell in his own thoughts what god deemeth proper he doeth as long as there is desire so long is there anxiety how can one who feeleth it speak of the one god When man in the midst of desires remained free from desires then Nanak, he meeteth the one god in this way shall we cross the ocean and thus be dead while alive on uttering this hymn the guru was pressed to adopt the style and religion of a jogi the principles of the yogi's sect were explained to him. The Guru replied The word is my meditation, divine instruction the music of my horn for man to hear. Honor is my begging wallet, and uttering the name my elms. Father, Gorak, awake it. Gorak is he who lifted the art and fashioned it without delay who enclosed water, bread and life in the body, and made the great lights of the moon and sun, who gave us the art as our abode, but whose many favours we have forgotten. Sids, strivers, jogis, jungums and PEERS are many. If I obtain the name from them, I will sing their praises, and serve them heartily. Paper and salt melt not in clarified butter. The lotus remaineth unaffected by water. What can that say to them, O Nanak, who meets such saints? After this successful discussion with the Jogis, the Guru decided to visit Makkah, the polster of Mohammedan devotion. He disguised himself in the blue dress of a Mohammedan pilgrim, took a fakir stuff in his hand, and a collection of his hymns under his arms. He also carried with him, in the style of a Mussulman devotee, a cup for his ablutions and a carpet whereon to pray. And when an opportunity offered, he shouted the Mohammedan call to prayer, like any orthodox follower of the Arabian prophet. As usual in his peregrinations, he was accompanied by his faithful minstrel and rabbi player, Mardana. It is recorded that whenever he met children on his journey, he joined in their sports. He accidentally found a Muhammadan Fakir, also bent on the Makhan pilgrimage, and passed a night with him in pleasant spiritual converse. The pilgrim offered him his fang pouch, and asked whether he was a Hindu or a Mussulman. The Guru replied with him, he had previously addressed to the Emperor Babur, when he inquired what intoxication that was whose effects should never depart as they proceeded on the road to makkah it is said a cloud they saw over their heads accompanied them the pilgrim became alarmed at the unusual occurrence and said to the guru no hindu has ever yet gone to makkah travel not with me either go before or after the guru told the pilgrim to precede him when the pilgrim turned round to see where his companion was, it is said he could see neither him nor the cloud. The pilgrim then began to wring his hands and said, "It was God who was with me, but I could not endure the sight of Him. He walked illusion on me." When the Guru arrived weary and footsore in Makkah, he went and sat in the great mosque, where pilgrims were engaged in their devotions. His disregard of Muslim customs soon involved him in difficulties. When he lay down to sleep at night, he turned his feet towards the kappa. An Arab priest kicked him and said, Who is this sleeping infidel? Why hast thou, O Sena, turned thy feet towards God? The Guru replied, Turn my feet in a direction in which God is not. Upon this, the priest seized the Guru's feet and dragged them in the opposite direction, whereupon it is said, the temple turned round and followed the revolution of his body. Some understand this in a spiritual sense, and say it means that Guru Nanak made all Makatan to his teaching. Those who witnessed this miracle were astonished and saluted the Guru as a supernatural being. The Khajis and the Mullahs crowded round the Guru and interrogated him on the subject of his religion they admitted that he had accomplished a great feat but the source of his power was not apparent they opened his book and seeing that it was on religious subjects inquired which was superior the hindu or the Mohammedan religion the guru replied without good acts the professors of both religions shall suffer neither the hindus nor the muhammadans shall obtain entrance into God's court. All their devotions shall vanish like the fleeting dye of safflower. Both sects are jealous of each other. The Hindus insist on saying Ram and the Muslims Rahim. But they know not the one God. Satan hath led them both along his own flowery way. On that occasion, the Guru uttered the following hymn in the Tilang Mijar. Thy fasting and worship shall be acceptable, When thou, O man, keepest watch Over the ten apertures of thy body, Hatest the world. Just thy mind, Restrainest thy sight, And fleest worldly desires and wranglings. Every day of the month, Offer thy love to the Lord, Thus shall thou be recognized As pure and gentle. Keep the fast of meditation, and let the renunciation of pleasure be thy dance. Keep watch over thy heart, so shalt thou be a really learned man. Abandon delights, ease, evil speaking, mental anxiety, and vexation. Treasure kindness in thy heart, and renounce the devices of infidelity. Extinguish the fire of lust in thy heart, and thus become cool. Said Nanak, "Does practice fasting, and thy fate shall be perfect." When the Guru had finished, the Kaji said, "Well done! I have today for the first time seen a real saint of God." The Kaji then went and told the high priest that the Dervish Nanak had arrived. The high priest went to see him, shook hands with him, and sat down beside him. He thanked God that Nanak had come. The high priest asked Nanak if the Hindus who read the Vedas and the Muslims who read the Quran should or should not find God. The Guru courageously replied with the following outspoken hymn of Kabir. O brethren, the Vedas and the Quran are false, and free not the mind from anxiety. If for a moment thou restrain thy mind, God will appear before thee. O man, search thy heart daily, That thou mayst not again fall into despair. This world is a magic show which hath no reality. Men are pleased when they read falsehood, And quarrel over what they do not understand. The truth is, the Creator is contained in the creation. He is not of a blue color in the guise of Vishnu. Thou shouldst have made it in the river, which floweth in heaven. Take heed, ever fix thine eyes on him who is everywhere present. God is the purest of the pure. Shall I doubt whether there is another equal to him? Kabir, he to whom the merciful had shown mercy, knoweth him. The high priest then asked how God might be obtained by man. The guru replied, that it was by humility and prayer. He added the following hymn in the Persian language I make one supplication before thee, Lend thine ear, O Creator. O God, thou art great and merciful, thou art a faultless cherisher. The world is a perishable abode, O my heart, know this as the truth. Ajrail seized me by the hair of my hand. And yet thou knowest it not, O my heart. There shall be no wife, no son, no father, no brother, No one to take my hand. There shall be no one to hinder my falling at last, When my fate cometh. I have passed my nights and days in vanity, And my thoughts have been evil. I have never done a good act, this is my condition i am unfortunate i am also miserly and negligent i see not and i fear not nanak said i am thy slave and the dust of the feet of thy servants the high priest then asked the guru to tell him the composition of matter the nature of the god he adored how he was to be found and in what consisted the essence of his religion the guru replied again, in Persian language, Know that, according to the Muslims, everything is produced from air, fire, water, and art. But the pure God created the world out of five elements. However high man may leap, he shall fall on the art again. Even though a bird fly, it cannot complete an endurance with a torrent and a wind which move by God's will. How great shall I call God? To whom shall I go to inquire regarding him? He is the greatest of the great. Great is his world. Men depart in their pride. I have consulted the four maids, but these writings find not God's limits. I have consulted the four books of the Mohammedans, but God's word is not described in them. I have consulted the nine regions of the art one improvement upon what the other said. Having turned my heart into a boat, I have surged in every sea. I have dwelt by rivers and streams, and bated at the sixty-eight places of pilgrimage. I have lived among the forests and glades of the tree-walls, and eaten bitter and sweet. I have seen the seven nether regions, and heavens upon heavens. And I, Nanak, say, Man shall be true to his fate, if he fear God and do good works. In due time, the guru proceeded to Medina, where he vanquished the Mohammedan priests in argument. Thence he journeyed to Baghdad and took up his position outside the city. He shouted the call to prayer, on which the whole population became wrapped in silent astonishment. The high priest of Baghdad, on meeting face to face the enthusiastic stranger, inquired who he was and to what sect he belonged. The guru replied, I have appeared in this age to indicate the way unto man. I reject all sects and only know one God, whom I recognize in the art, the heavens, and in all directions. Upon this, the guru began to repeat the jabji, As the high priest listened to its doctrines, he said, This is very impious fakir. He is working miracles here and informing us, contrary to the authority of our holy Quran, that there are hundreds of thousands of nether and Upper regions, and that at last men grow weary of searching for them. The high priest then called upon the guru to give a manifestation of his power. Upon this, it is said, the guru laid his hand on the High Priest's son and showed him the upper and lower regions described in the Jabji. The Guru having accomplished his mission in the West, resolved to return to his own country. When he arrived in Multan, the local High Priest presented him with a cup of milk filled to the brim. By this he meant it to be understood that the city was full of holiness already and that there was no room for another religious teacher. The Guru, in no wise disconcerted, took the milk and laid on it an Indian jasmine flower. The cup did not overflow. This typified that there was still room for the Guru in the midst of the Multanis, as there is still room for the ever-flowing Ganges in the ocean. The Guru, after a brief sojourn in Multan, set out for Kartarpur. His reputation daily increased in the world and man meditated on his name he insisted that praying for anything except god's name merely conferred on man a crown of sorrow by this time the guru had founded a pure religion and made his coin current in the world in due time the guru and his minstrel arrived at kardarpur on the right bank of the river ravi opposite the present town of deira baba nanak there he doffed his pilgrim's dress and donned worldly garments in order to show that he did not desire man to devote themselves exclusively to an ascetic life at the same time he sat on his religious stool and began to preach to the people during guru nanak's stay at Kartpur, he continued to compose hymns which diffused spiritual light and dispelled mental darkness he ever conversed on religious subjects and divine meteors were ever sung in his presence the sodar and the sohila were chanted in the evening and the jabji repeated at the ambrosial hour of morning at kartarpur mardana the guru's faithful minstrel advanced in years and wearied with his long wanderings and physical privations fell ill he felt that he had no hope of longer life, and resigned himself to man's inevitable fate. He had originally been a Muhammadan, but being now a Sikh, the question arose as to how his body should be disposed of after death. The Guru said, A Brahman's body is thrown into water, a Khatri's is burnt in the fire, a Vaishya's is thrown to the winds, and the Sudra's is buried in the earth. Thy body shall be disposed of as thou pleasest. Maldana replied, Through thine instruction the pride of my body hath totally departed. With the forecasts, the disposal of the body is a matter of pride. I deem my soul merely as a spectator of my body, and am not concerned with the latter. Wherefore dispose of it as thou pleasest. Then the Guru said, shall i make thee a tomb and render thee famous in the world mardana replied when my soul hath been separated from its bodily tomb why shut it up in a stone tomb the guru answered since thou knowest god and art therefore a brahman we shall dispose of thy body by throwing it into the river Ravi, and letting it go with the stream sit down therefore on its margin in prayerful posture fix thine attention on god repeat his name at every inspiration and expiration and thy soul shall be absorbed in the light of god Mardana accordingly sat down by the river and his soul separated from its oddly enclosure the following morning at a watch before day the guru then by the aid of his six consigned Mardana's body to the river Ravi, caused a sohila to be read for his eternal repose and concluded the obsequies by distributing Kara prasad sacred food the guru counseled mardana's son Sajada and his relations not to weep there are to be no lamentations for a man who was returning to his heavenly home and therefore no mourning for mardana the Guru bade Shahjada remain with him in the same capacity as his father, and he would be held in equal honour. Accordingly, Shahjada, the Guru's faithful friend and minstrel, accompanied him to the time of his death. In the Grand Sahib are found these slokes of the Guru, dedicated to Madana against the use of wine. The following, which may conveniently be given here, will suffice as a specimen the barmaid is midgery, wine is lust man is the drinker the cup filled with worldly love is red and it is served by pride the company is false and covetous and is ruined by excess of drink instead of such wine may good conduct thy yeast truth thy molasses god's name thy wine make merits thy cakes good conduct thy clarified butter and modesty thy meat to eat such things o nanak are obtained by the guru's favour by partaking of them since depart end of chapter fifteen